it's me again, Dane Napoli, and and I am with my awesome sister, my awesome boss Kyle, and my awesome friend Sarah. And today we are talking about just just employment in for people with autism. And nice job, bro. Thank you. You want to ask the boss man or introduce the boss man, the original boss man? Well, actually, in fact, um, um, how I how I know Kyle is that he used to own a he used to own alongside me with many awesome, awesome comic book people. Um, Sh- um, Sean's Anime and Comics, as well as as well as the Nexus Four One Nine, and they were awesome stores. They really were. I think, I think for comic, I think that's a fun job to have for for people because you you know everything about superheroes as well as comics as well as the issues, as well as the numbers. It's just fun. It's it's, it's a fun job. I like it because. Because it's it's because it it, it engages engages you in pr- in pretty much in pretty much anything related to superhero world as well as other other sites other as other worlds like such as sci-fi, fantasy. And you know what's pretty snazzy about that, Dan, and what you just said is that you were actually one of Kyle's customers for a very long time before you actually started working for him, and he became your employer. Exactly. Right. He helped he helped me out like quite a bit. So Kyle, you had two stores. So the way it worked is that I owned Sean's after Sean, and then uh, things happened. Sean's just it had run its course, so we moved and opened up under a new name uh, as the Nexus Four One Nine, which was our second store, uh, which was the one that say what you will uh, about retail. Uh, every shop owner puts its own fingerprint on it. Uh, and when we built Sean's, we built it the way Sean wanted. When we built the Nexus, we built it the way I wanted. So it was a different. It was a different store, but it was the same people. Okay. It was the same, and it was the same stuff. Like, don't miss that. It's the same business. It's the same stuff. It's the same idea. But it's my store was a little bit different than Sean's. Was a little bit different from any other store. Danny and I just went uh, a couple weekends ago and visited a whole bunch of stores, didn't we? Yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. And. Uh, you know, every store is a little different, so you get to see what everybody wants and what everybody right. thinks is a good idea. So, well, let's start from the beginning. So, how did you two first meet? Describe um, that day, and then we'll build from there. I want to hear how you got this job, Dan, and then Kyle. Obviously, we're gonna pick your brain too. I know we've talked about it before. Um, how it went, like employing Dan the man here, and I what I remember is that he helped me out with a lot, with a lot of some, with a lot of them. DC villain comic books. I remember helping him, him. I remember him helping me out with that, and that was awesome. Um, thank you so much for that, Kyle. By the way, and also, and 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 and, and later on, later on in life, I've I've got I've I've gotten to know him really well because he, like I say, owns owns a comic book store. And on top of that, he, when I was dealing with a certain situation, he want he want he wanted to come in and help me out a bit, and that was awesome. So Dan, so you met him being a customer at his store? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Kyle, I, how do you tell that story? Uh, well, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really remember. Um, to be real honest, it's no, you're good. I've known Danny what feels like a really long time, and the thing I remember is that Dan would come into the store, and your dad would come in, or <laughs> Dan would come in by himself sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I always remember, he's like, do you mind if I wait here while I, while I wait for Uber? <laughs> and I'm going, you took an Uber to come here? Um, that seems a little excessive. Uh, 
you know, because I, I couldn't, I, you know, my, in my brain, it's why would you take an Uber to come to my store? That what, does, that does, but Danny wanted to come in, so well, I was, I was did. grateful, but at the same time, was like, um, sure, I don't care that you wait for your Uber. Uh, but Danny always, he would ask you how you were doing, he would ask you if you're having a good day, and he'd give you a fist bump. Mm-hmm. And sometimes Danny would get excited about stuff, and he'd give you like eight fist bumps in ten minutes, and your hand would hurt. Yep. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, you were smiling, so that was all that really mattered. <laughs> like, and then uh, there was a there was a while where Danny didn't come in as often, and I remember thinking, "Gee, I wonder what happened to that guy." You made and, an impression, Danny. Well, yeah. it's you know he didn't come right. in for it might have been three or four months. Like it wasn't like it was a long, long time, but it was longer right. than we normally would go without seeing Dan. Exactly. And so I'm going, uh, gee, I wonder what happened. And then all of a sudden, Danny comes in one day, and I'm sitting there sorting comics. Your dad goes, hey, Danny, maybe this is some place where, you where you'd could, where you like to work. And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, just in the back of my brain. And then there was a conversation about Danny wanting, maybe wanting to work there and mm-hmm. helping us out. And I'm like, absolutely, any time, whatever we can do. Exactly. Because... There were two things that I knew. One was that Danny made me happy when I saw him. And that two, Danny had uh, what I call a quality, mm-hmm. which is that there are there are people you meet in life who you just know there's someone who's going to be around you forever. Mm-hmm. Aww. Because exactly. like even if even if Danny hadn't come back into the store, I knew who Danny was in my brain, and I, you know, it's like it'll be there for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made an impression. Right, he made an impression. So he had this quality that wouldn't let me, you know, it just stayed with me. So when there was an opportunity for Danny to come in and help out, I'm like, whatever we can do, however we can do it, whatever we got to do, we'll do. And so that's that's how Aww. Danny working for me started. But I honestly can't remember the first time he came into the store. I think it was at our first location. Exactly. When we were in the really, really small place. And I remember there were times where it's Danny would come in and he'd spend like an hour looking at an action figure. <laughs> and then he'd get on the phone and I would hear him negotiating for with, the action figure. With my mom, correct. Yeah. <laughs> he still does yep. that, I feel but, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. But I'd hear Danny negotiating <laughs> for the action figure. And I'm like, you know what? This kid needs to go into finance. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's got a gift for negotiation. You know, Thank it you. was. But then he, he'd eventually get the action figure. Wouldn't get the action figure, but it didn't matter. He was still good. And then you know, we'd see him again a couple weeks later, and he'd come back for another action figure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. And I still collect action figures to this day. Mainly through. I try really hard to go to retail stores, but um, um, but by the same time, I think I think eBay and Amazon are a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. Is that okay, Those Kyle? Those are right at your mm-hmm. fingertips. Is that okay with you, Kyle? Yep. Awesome. You got Danny. You have quite the collection. Yeah, yeah I do. I, I I have in 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 my mind. I have a an S ton of figures. <laughs> <laughs> well, an S ton. And Danny wasn't the first person with autism that you've been in contact with, though, right? Oh no, not at all. Um, right. It's been a big part of my life mm-hmm. for. How old are you in the fifth grade? Math is hard. What's that? How old are you in the fifth grade? I think you're about like ten, nine or ten. Mm. Something like yeah. that. So 20 it's... years or more. Okay. Right. Yeah, and you want to tell that story? Uh, when I was in fifth grade. Yeah. 
Uh, I was a little bit of a troublemaker. Shock of shocks for anyone who's ever met me. Danny's laughing in his behind his eyes. I can see it. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was I was a troublemaker. And no, you. Yeah. Well, I had at the time, and we would learn this when I got to high school. I had undiagnosed terrible ADHD. Mm-hmm. So I was constantly bored and easily distractible. So I got bored and distracted really easy, and I caused trouble because of it. I mean. It's a, it's a <laughs> it's a common thing for people, you know, with with ADHD and other things to get in a lot of trouble because they're trying to occupy themselves. What the teacher decided to do is because just making me sit at my desk at detention just brought more detention. Right. And that meant the teacher didn't get her free period while we were out at recess because <laughs> she had to watch the detention. And teachers are smart people. Um they're not, gonna willingly, smart. they're not going to willingly. They're not going to willingly give up their free period. No. Yeah. To, no. To, Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. You know because I need that. Right. We this, need that yeah. time. Right. Yeah. This kid can't get his act together. So the teacher decided that community service service was the act the better way to quote unquote punish me. Uh, I like where this is going. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she would. Uh, we had in my elementary school a uh, I guess what you'd call a resource room now. And it was where the kids with uh, multiple handicaps, developmental disabilities would go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that They had a teacher there that would work with them, and they had aides and all of that kind of stuff there that would work with them. But every, once it started off as it was going to be once a week. But I also had to go there when I got detention, which turned out to be most days. Um, so I would go down, and I would work with this kid mm-hmm. named Jimmy. And the first introduction I got to Jimmy was that I went down there to meet him, and he wasn't in school because he was sick and he had had walking pneumonia. Mm. I vividly remember because I had no idea what walking pneumonia was. It, Sounds like a, a super villain. Right. It's no, right. right. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm like, it's pneumonia, but it can move. Ooh. I don't understand because I just heard walking. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what does it do? Go between? Like, I don't understand. Like, it completely confused me. But I literally just pictured a Batman villain. Yeah, kind of. Like walking yeah, around Gotham. Absolutely. That's what I imagined. <laughs> but I went back a few days later, and he was back in school, and he was the smallest person mm-hmm. I had ever met. Like, my sister, when she was born, almost felt bigger <laughs> than this kid. Um, and, and I know that's untrue, but mm-hmm. just fifth grade brain, you know? Yeah, it's, fifth grade. I get that. It's you don't You don't really have a good grasp of these things, I guess. So... Uh, smallest person I ever met, and I can remember his fingers were just super tiny, and that freaked me out, um, that his fingers were so small. But Jimmy was a kindergartner, and he was trying to learn to recognize letters and numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, I didn't know it until a few months later, but Jimmy had something called autism, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that meant either. Uh, but I'm like, I can help him with his letters and numbers i know those Mm -hmm. and so it was day after day of you know using his finger to trace letters using his finger to trace numbers using his finger to trace words was he verbal he was but he was not highly verbal okay except to me and to one other kid in his class Hmm. like and when i say except it was he would say hi plus your name, mm-hmm. uh, whereas to other people he would just say their name. Okay, you know it's like it's not a lot, 
when you think about it. But for someone who's completely nonverbal, it is huge. That's so, a step, yeah. Um, Jimmy was the first person. And then before long, it became, I'm just not going to go to recess. Recess is just an invitation to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go down there. Is that okay? And the teacher was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. And then it was, well, Jimmy's not here, but here are these other kids who also have, you know, at the time, autism spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. Why don't you work with them? They're they're a little more verbal or they've got more language skills. So why don't you work with them on, you know, simple math that most kids know by the time they get to kindergarten? Or, you know, these kids are in second grade and they're doing kindergarten level math. Okay, sure. I can do that. Um, you know, and it's it just turned into this is what I did at lunch and this is what I did at recess. And this was, you know, the thing I did. And then uh, throughout high, throughout middle school and high school, I, you know, I, Jimmy left the school I was in, you know, when I moved on to middle school and these other things. But I would still, whenever there was an opportunity to work with, you know, those kids, um, just because it was really fulfilling, um, made me happy. Uh, then when I got to high school, there was a kid named Tommy. Uh, Tommy, when I was in high school, must have been 21 or 22 Okay. when I was a freshman, but he was still in high school. Huh. Uh, and Tommy was completely nonverbal, completely nonverbal. Um, he was still in high school. He was still in high school. Oh, air quotes. Air quotes, air still quotes. in high school. Okay. Uh, he would come to school a couple hours a day and work with the specialist that my high school had. Okay. Like it was through whatever those early resource yeah. groups mm-hmm. were, you know. There was like maybe, um, yeah. Okay, I see where that's going. Yeah. Like maybe like a contact yeah. within the school. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. you know, and he would, he was, I remember he was learning job skills. Like, so he would yeah. help in the cafeteria. Oh, yeah. And then he would go and take a couple classes, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, it was. Yeah, like life skill classes. Yeah. And he would work with the uh, the IEP specialist. There we go. Yeah. Uh, at the school, uh, just on stuff too. And I, but. Tommy loved football. Like, he loved football. Yeah. And so he was always out at the practice field after school. And so he was the water boy. And he made sure we all had plenty of water. Like, he knew what to do. You played football? I played football. I played four sports in school. Um, hey. But, Sportsman. Yeah. Athlete right here. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but Tommy would be, he would be at practice. And when I inevitably got hurt, I would hang out with Tommy. Inevitably. <laughs> I I, uh, I played football in a style that leads to injuries. Let's just leave it at that. Um, uh, I was not necessarily clumsy, but I was uh, unbelievably reckless. We'll just call it that. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so um, Tommy would be out at the practice field, and we'd hang out, and we'd play catch. And by the time I graduated, Tommy was... He wouldn't really talk, but he would grunt mm-hmm. at me, um, which is probably not the right word uh, for it, but it was what it sounded like is what it felt like at the time. It was his way of vocalizing that, hey, thanks for playing catch with me. Yeah, there's or, different hey, ways let's people play catch. communicate, right. and that was his communication. Right. It just kind of drove home the, the uh, desire in my life to be an advocate and uh, uh, an ally of people whose abilities didn't match my own mm-hmm. be it you know down syndrome be it autism spectrum disorder at the time or be it anything else it was okay 
this is this is something that I can do that costs me nothing and gives me back a lot of joy. So why not do it? And shares a lot of joy. Right. Right. I mean, because when I'm thinking, when you employed Danny here, um, and Dan is a... Um, I mean, I noticed in Danny a change in his personality and that he was becoming more, um, I don't, well, Dan, why don't, I, why don't you put it in your own words? How did you feel being employed? What, what kind of a purpose did, did it, did it give you purpose? Did you feel yeah, good? Yeah, yeah, it gave me purpose and it gave me like, it, 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 it just, it, it was just like, a, it was really fun and awesome. Yeah. Like, and why is that? Because, um... Like I said, working for a comic book store, it's not not like a desk job. It's not like a uh, quote unquote unquote um, normal job. It's like a fun, fun, almost like unrealistic job. Like like sports, Kyle said, as well as music and I like uh, and movies and whatnot. Like I I like I like the um, unrealistic jobs a lot better because because they are just. A lot more fun, and they 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 give the, uh, and a lot of people people create a freedom to do what they want to oh, do. Okay, and is it okay if I clarify for the audience what you mean by unrealistic? Yeah. So Dan the man has a lot of friends who have um, de- more more like desk jobs, and that's where they th- that's the job that they want. But that's Danny. Right. That's not the job that you want. You no, want something also, where you move around a lot more, yeah, right? Yeah, and also I'm proud of Kyle for choosing this podcasting job. Podcasting job mm-hmm. can be a lot of fun too. Like, like the pod, like you, you get to talk to so many awesome, almost like popular people when, mm-hmm. when, whenever, whenever he, he can, and he, and he, he and, at, and at the same time, and at the same time, he makes a lot of awesome money doing it. Yeah, and you look forward. And it's to really it. awesome. Yeah. So one of the things though that I want to talk about in response to what Dan said though is. I get paid well. I'm not going to... It's not about money. Mm-hmm. I've never done anything I've done because I thought I'd make a bunch of money. Right. That's not important to me. Uh, for me, the thing that's important about doing a job is being happy and satisfied. Um, mm-hmm. Even when I was working in a factory at a job I didn't like at all, that job enabled me to go out and buy comics or it enabled me to go out and have dinner but that job enabled me to do things that gave me joy mm-hmm. um working for myself is about uh being able to do what i want with the position i have so if i work for somebody else i might not be able to hire dan working right. for me i can do uh pardon my french whatever the hell i want <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's what i did good um and so the result is that at the end of the day, I get to go home and I'm very happy mm-hmm. about it. You know, Danny says I make a lot of money and I don't, but I don't care. Exactly. Um, I, make it, exactly. I make enough yeah. money and I get to do what I like doing. I mm-hmm. get to hang out with you guys. I get to occasionally talk to comic book creators or exactly. celebrities. I met DMC, Daryl McDaniels from Run DMC this weekend on a stream. That's it's awesome. Like, that's not something you can pay for. <laughs> that's no. something you... That's not something that money can provide. That's just something that happens to people. So for me, it's about that, not necessarily about anything else. Yeah. Exactly. So And so I have some questions about about employing Danny mm-hmm. and people with autism as well. Right. And because 
there could be people in our audience who either have a loved one um, with autism who's applying for jobs or they are they have autism they're applying for jobs and um, or they're in a future employer and one of the things that we talked about with uh, Tom Island was how he had a job and his mom asked the employer said is he ever going to be doing anything else and the guy said or the woman whoever the boss was um i think i think tom said it was a guy though said now we just figure that people in this program could stock shelves but what i liked about what you did with dan is you and it you admit you've admitted that it took a while to find his his groove but you were able to build on his strengths and that is what I want to see more often in the workplace for people with autism and just people in general. They, we need to build right. on each other's skills. But that's one of the things I've noticed as Danny has been applying for jobs, interviewing for jobs. Um, and people who don't want to put in that work. To help find so, strengths. So there's mm-hmm. there's there's two things there that you said. Um, the first one is you want to talk about getting triggered. <laughs> Listen to that story as someone who has employed a person with autism. Uh, Tom Island's story is it's. I know there were times where I was having Danny stock shelves, mm-hmm. but in doing that, I was always paying attention to what Danny was doing. Mm-hmm. I I knew enough, I guess, to say okay. Let's see how he does with this job. Right. That is certainly below his skill level. Like, I recognize that immediately. But it's... And it is important to build those skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, so I apologize if it came off that way. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's... Um, but what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm getting at, I guess, is that that is a job that in any... Anybody I hire, that's the first thing they do. Mm-hmm. Is you've got... Your job is to stock shelves. Mm-hmm. put stuff back where it goes, make sure stuff looks the right way. Because if they can do that, then I can see how they approach a task. I can see the way their brain thinks about things. I had I had a kid that I employed and I had to let him go because I would say, first thing you do when you come in, make sure this wall is full of comics. Here's the comics you get to choose from. Make sure this wall is full. And I gave him the rules. Make sure this wall looks nice. And I gave him the rules. Make sure these products look nice. And Danny would come in, and I'd have to remind him to take his backpack off before he did those things. <laughs> right, right, right. This other kid would come in and sit down and check Facebook and, you know, uh, change the music to what he wanted to listen to and maybe play on his Switch and then get around to doing that. And I see that and I go... That is not the instruction I gave you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, doing jobs like stocking shelves, while it may seem menial um, in a lot of ways, and it's not a job you want to have somebody doing forever, is a great way to tell how someone approaches a task. Mm-hmm. Danny would come in, and I'd often have to tell him, dude, you got to go a little faster, because he would agonize <laughs> over what books to put on the wall. Right, right. He would be, well, this... What was going through your head, Dan? Just a lot of, just continue, continue. Well, we, like one shelf would say it's got to be $25 and under. Mm-hmm. And Danny would find a book that was twenty six ninety nine, 
mm-hmm. and go, well, that can't go there, but I want to put that there because it goes with this other book. And I go, Dan, I don't care. Put it there. <laughs> like, but Danny would agonize over that. Mm, he would, he would think, about it, think about right, it. Right. Right. Yeah. But I knew that Danny, you know, was meticulous. I knew that he knew what he needed to do every time he came in and that he would take great care in making sure he did it right. Mm-hmm. Right. Then I would most often make a list for Danny. These are Danny's things. And Dan, these are the things I want you to do today. Exactly. And he would do them and we'd cross them off the list and move on to the next thing. Yeah. And there were days where I had to help him more than others. Right. But he would just come in and he'd go to his list and he would work through his list. And we wouldn't always get the list done. And that bothered him. (laughs) I remember. He would get a little frustrated when we didn't get the list done. Right, right, right. But I would always remind him, hey, just finish the list next time. Exactly. Thank you. So... So what kind of skills do you think that built for you, Dan? Oh. Like what but kind of... I, I, mm-hmm. I have one more thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing you mentioned is that it took me a while to figure out Danny's, how Danny did things. And the line I always tell people is that I had to figure out Danny's superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, heard, I heard a mother of a, a person with autism talk on the internet and she said, don't say that kids with autism have a superpower uh, because she felt like it was diminishing. Mm, yeah. And I believe every human person has a superpower, not just people with autism, not just people you know who are differently able. Every human being has a superpower. You just got to find what it is. Right. Some people are gifted speakers. Some people are really good at math. Some people can remember the periodic table of elements. Mm-hmm. Danny is really good at going, hey, this Robin story goes with this Batman story, goes yeah. with this Swamp Thing story. Exactly. And figure, and once I figured out that that was Danny's superpower, that he remembered what characters went with who and what storylines went together, Right. Danny, you really started to see Danny flourish because he'd come to me and go, hey, these books go together. And I wouldn't see it, but Danny did. So I, right. sure enough, they went together and we would put them together. Exactly. You know, it was, it was a great awesome, way. Dan. Thank you. Right, it was it was great, but it it only it took time for me to figure out that that was how Danny saw it. Mm-hmm. That was how Danny. That was. Oh, it was the. <laughs> You're good. Anyhow, You're folding that, steps to. Yeah, that was how Danny saw the product. Mm-hmm. And then it would be Danny. We need to reorganize these toys, these action figures. And Danny'd be like, "Well, all those guys are in the Justice League. We should put them together." Not what I would have done, but that's a perfectly good way to do it. Let's exactly. do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank so you. So once I figured out how Danny looked at the product, I was able to let him do things on his own and give him autonomy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So how long would you say it took you guys to get to that point? A couple months. A couple months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's important for people to hear, too, um, that timeline there, because I think some people just assume right when you get started... You're gonna. gonna uh, It's just gonna happen right then and there. You're gonna figure it all out right away. But that took some time for you guys to get settled in and to figure it out. Um, And so, Kyle, I have um, a couple questions based on the different audiences who might be listening. So let's say that we have somebody who is about to employ someone with autism. And they might have reservations about it. What would you tell them? I don't think there's any one cut and dry answer with, with, with a question mm-hmm. like that. I, I love Danny, but I would never have hired him to work in the factory with me. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's not a job that I think would have served Danny. Right. And I don't think it's a you know I don't think it's the right fit for you know What's for a person. Factory. Well, I worked in a binder factory making three ring binders. Oh. And while you got to move around a lot, you did the exact same thing every day, mm-hmm. eight hours a day, and it was really boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was also really dangerous. Ooh. And boring and dangerous are a really bad mix sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, especially if you have ADHD. Um, and here, okay, good. I, I'm glad you're here in one well, piece. I'm I, hearing this, and I'm like, whoa. I actually, while I was there, smashed my little Almost finger in a rivet piece? press. So, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. Um, not a great mix. So it's not always, you know, it's not always, a, depending on the job, mm-hmm. I would say you need to know who you're hiring. Now, I knew Danny when I hired him in the sense that I knew that Danny was into action figures. I knew that Danny knew the characters. So I knew that it was a pretty safe bet that Danny could help me. Mm-hmm. If you're out there and you're thinking about hiring someone with autism or with any anything, mm-hmm. any human, the questions you need to ask in interviews are different now than they used to be. Um, you need to ask about interests and about, you know, job goals and things like that to understand who the person is before you hire them. So it doesn't matter what their ability level is, what their background is. If you're hiring someone to sell televisions, they should probably watch TV. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, especially if you're looking at someone with autism, take the autism out of the picture. Mm-hmm. can this person do the job you need them to do and then the autism is just another part of that who that person is that's part of their, their tapestry of their being a person so I would I would recommend for people who are in a hiring position know what your job is and then find out if the person sitting in front of you can do the job mm-hmm. then if that person has autism recognize that you may have to change the way you present the job Um, that was my next question yeah yeah, accommodations yeah it's if i'm hiring if i'm hiring someone to drive a forklift Mm -hmm. someone with autism is perfectly capable of driving a forklift that's not a thing you know so that doesn't matter in me hiring them to do the job but i might need to take more time in explaining to that person why they're doing what they're doing how they're doing what they're doing Mm -hmm. um I might need to take more time explaining to that person the goals of the job so that they can understand what they're getting out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm hiring somebody to work in my comic book store, I need to make sure that this person knows the characters, knows the knows the relationships, knows the thing. And I need to make sure that they're good with people, right? Because it's a retail right. thing. Right. Danny's great with people. Danny will give anybody a fist bump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, Danny, Danny loves people. So... I needed to make sure of those things and the rest will just fall into place is my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to be willing to take your time. If you, if you're, if you're looking to hire someone and just plug them in and like a person is a plug and play employee, you're doing it wrong and you're going to get poor employees anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So I never, I never looked at hiring about, I never thought about, Oh, I hired a person with autism. I hired Danny. Mm hmm. You know, I, I never looked at, I've now never I looked at it. hiring, it. hiring that way. <laughs> it's, it's almost, it's not irrelevant, but it's, mm-hmm. it's just an added layer. Right. Cause I was going to say there were days when Danny would go into the, into the shop and we knew 
and made you aware on those days sometimes and danny if it's okay if i say this right sometimes you had bad days and you had to work now kyle did you find that on those kinds of days you had to do something differently there were days where i knew dan was struggling even if nobody let me know dan was struggling Mm -hmm. i could sense it in dan because he would he would Mm -hmm. stare at his phone more yeah or he would he would be on the phone making phone calls or he would pace Exactly. And I came to know, especially after the seminar that y'all had, mm-hmm. that that was Which Danny's, we've talked about in a past episode, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was Danny's way of dealing with whatever was going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I call it I call it a thunderstorm in my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get them too. Um, and the way I deal with it is I go into a dark room and turn the lights off mm-hmm. and just sit in the quiet for a little bit. Um, and it lets me calm my brain down. Um, but Danny liked to walk and Danny liked to talk to his mom or his friends or whoever to, to deal with what he was going on. And I just had to let him do that. Mm -hmm. So there were days where we got a lot less done, but that was okay. It's not about, it was never for me about how much did we get done today? How much didn't we get done? What, what, where are we at? It was always, if Danny's having a bad day, that's fine. Let's make sure this isn't part of it. Let's make sure that the store was a good place so that he never exactly. came to the store and his bad day got worse. Mm. Right. I, I know I know other people who are uh, who are autistic who work jobs where their bosses, if they're having a bad day, suck it up. You got a job to do. Mm-hmm. And their bad days get worse. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that spirals and causes more and more problems. And if nothing else, I never wanted to be a problem for Danny. And you've never been. Right. And I never wanted him coming to work to be a problem. You know, so it was always, hey, man, if you're having a bad day and you just can't do it, just call me and tell me you can't come in. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't leave me hanging because that's what friends do. You tell you call. Exactly. Say, Kyle, I'm, I'm not in a good mood. I can't come in. OK, no problem, man. Hopefully you feel better. Mm-hmm. We'll see you in a few days. Yeah, and I would say that it would be interesting, though, hearing from another perspective, because these, as we're talking, I'm like, okay, but, you know, a lot of these things, I think that you two have a very, um, like, good relationship and friendship. It's um, gotten to a point where it's not just boss man and Danny anymore. It's also you two are friends. Exactly. Um, But, you know, that's something that we have to consider and maybe bringing on somebody else on the show too is somebody who doesn't have that relationship, that friendship, because they're like, no, I like these, because I do think that there is a point where it's like, okay, but you do need to get your stuff done. Right. You know, you do have to do your job. Yeah, just right. Just because you're having and a bad day, you gotta. Yeah, you have to learn how to make, make yourself yeah. have a, you have to, we always say at uh, the school at which I teach, Make it a great day or not, the choice is yours. Yes. And I think that, Kyle, what we loved about you was that this was a period of Danny's life where he was learning how to make that choice. Because mm-hmm. this was Danny's mm-hmm. very first job, wasn't it? Um, no. Probably first worked, job job. Yeah. He, yeah. Well, he worked at the swamp shop downtown. Um, oh, yeah. 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 So, so that would be his first oh, job. Yeah. And then... Um, and then he, this was his first job with, I think, people outside of the family. 
because yeah. we had people at the family who worked at the ball in our family worked at the ballpark and like exactly. Danny and I actually worked together and Michael was working there at the same time and then our Aww, dad works there so we were all working there um mm-hmm. but this was Danny's first like independent um, job on job that song. On. right yeah, yeah. Right. And, and so Kyle helped him come to those realizations and learn how to make it a great day or not um and Danny is still working on that right Dan Exactly. Yeah, because it is your choice. Right. And to I'll, have a I'll, good day, you got to learn how to how to make days better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this too. Um, you know, for as an employer, I do have benchmarks. I do have things I need to get done. And mm-hmm. you know, the way I always looked at it, and I know a lot of other employees, employers, who look at it the same way, is that the benchmarks have to get met. And if you can't help me meet them, I've got to find someone who can. Mm-hmm. The difference in that mentality versus the mentality I tried to have with Dan is that benchmarks are maybe not the best way to measure productivity. Um, when I worked again, when I worked, uh, you know, other places, they would say, Oh, Kyle, you've got to sell so many things. Mm -hmm. You've got to make this much money to make it worth having you around, or you've got to produce this many products. Otherwise it's not worth having you around. And that's great, but that puts a lot of pressure on a person Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're incentivized to do well, you're incentivized to do better. That always, that, that helps. So, um, and I've talked to other employers about this where it's forget having to make a hundred pieces of something or having to sell 50 televisions this week. Give me a bonus. If I sell over 50, mm-hmm. give me, uh, give you, give your employees and, uh, you know, Oh, I'll buy you lunch if you get this done. Um, and it's little stuff like that, that not every place can do. If you work for target, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you've got to meet their quotas. You've got to meet their job requirements. Right. But yeah, and that's one of Danny's dream jobs. I know. Yeah. I yeah, it's, 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 right, yeah. Dan, but yeah, you got to meet those requirements. That's true. That's yeah. true. But any worthwhile store manager is going to recognize that maybe just laying out the requirements isn't going to work for Dan. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, Hey Dan. I need you to do these things, but if you do these things, you can take 10 minutes and go look at the toys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, if you get these things done, then you can go on break. Exactly. And, you know, it's any manager worth their their their, their salt is going to recognize that there are ways to incentivize people within the structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I worked at Sears for a minute and I had a manager there who was really great. And if... He knew that I wanted to sell electronics, but I was stuck selling lawnmowers. So if I sold five lawnmowers in a day, I could go sell TVs Mm -hmm. because TVs had a higher commission. (laughs) I could make more money selling TVs than I could sell on lawnmowers. So that was was our thing because our our quota was five lawnmowers a day. So most days I'd sell five or ten lawnmowers and then I'd go sell TVs. Mm -hmm. He found a way to incentivize me inside the structure that existed. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would encourage a lot of managers and employers to do – from outside, you know, if you if you're not the owner of the business, if you're not a small business owner, where you don't have the full, I don't know, freedom to do mm-hmm. again, like I said, yeah. whatever the hell I want, um, <laughs> you can do, you can find ways inside existing structures to work with someone who you know isn't, uh, who doesn't function or see the job the same way that maybe the rule book sees the job, mm-hmm. and at the same time, you may have to explain things to people in a way that they can more easily understand them yeah. than just to say, okay, your job is to go stock the shelves. Have fun. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be, and we've talked about this in all the other podcasts. It comes up every time as vis- uh, Danny and and Danny the other night did a really good job explaining this to um, our friends, or maybe it was family. We were talking about how you need to see things, you need examples, and you need to actually look at people visuals, yeah. visuals, Visual, and so things. stuff like that, and leading by example and showing, walking people through things. Establishing a routine like that is very important. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Kyle, thank you. Thank you so much, yeah. boss. Yeah, <laughs> boss, right? Still boss mm-hmm. man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and here we are now, even though we're not at our your comic book store, you're still helping us in a way and, and employing Danny and teaching these life skills because now you right. have this podcast company, which is pretty snazzy for those who don't know. What right. happened was... We started Eyes of Autism, Sarah, Danny, and I, and then as, and like, obviously people were helping us along the way, people we've had on the show, mom, dad, Angelo, um, a bunch of the crew, and then we we put it out there, we put it on social media, we were like, all right, we're going to announce that this is our project, and within the week, Kyle had called Danny and was like, you're doing what now? Did you know I'm starting this? And Kyle was like, by the way, I'm starting a podcast company, and it just... I mean, the rest is history, right? And Mm -hmm. so here we are. And Kyle um, has been behind the scenes on every single show of ours. And it's nice to actually get him on the microphone and let uh, talk to him. Yeah. Last time, though, we had him on the microphone. It was about 20, 40 minutes of Mm. Danny and Kyle going at it. Comic book store talk. And before we go, we got to get Danny to compare Kyle to a superhero. So, Danny, I know. And you two have quite the long history, yeah, so yeah, so what? Awesome. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think? I'm just I'm just Kyle hoping he doesn't Kyle compare me to a super villain. I oh, won't, because I that's won't. also an option. So far, that's only been Sarah. <laughs> well, an <laughs> oh, anti-hero. Yeah, that's Harley what it was. Yeah. I'll never How about it. this? Let me think about it for a few more few more weeks, okay? Wait, wait, can, <laughs> how about just right now, real quick? Who is someone who's on your mind? And then we'll in another episode. We, we'll, you no, no. I'd, actually, how about Utu, Uta the Watcher? Uatu the Watcher. I like it. Um, Why? Who? Yeah. Who yeah. Is, yeah. He, he, what? He he watches <laughs> over everybody. Oh my goodness, Danny, that's so accurate. I know. Yeah, it's well, awesome. The problem with Uatu. Oh. <laughs> is that catch. even though he's not supposed to, he inserts himself into a great many storylines. Um, hey, but you kind of yeah. did that. Yeah. You well, called us. And what's even funnier... And it works. If, yeah. <laughs> to, to draw people a conclusion, um, Stan Lee, in all of the Marvel movies where he had his cameo, uh, in one of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, he's with the Watchers as Uatu. Yeah. So Pete, the fan theory is that Stan was actually Uatu the Watcher in all of these movies that he had cameos in. Did That's awesome. Was all this going through your head when you picked... That as yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I love it, Dan. <laughs> thank you. Genius. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Kyle. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, so much, mm-hmm. boss. Thanks for listening to Eyes of Autism today or tonight, whenever you are listening, as we talked with our very own Kyle Northrup. Next time, we are going to be talking with Ted Marshall with the Rook Center, R-O-O-C. It stands for Reaching Over Obstacles Collectively. 
and Dan the man here has uh, benefited from their resources and all the good things that they do. Um, it, they've helped him establish a new daily routine, which has really gotten Danny up on his feet and made him more prepared for other things that he faces in life. And so we're excited to have Ted on the show. Um, another quick tidbit here for you is that we are launching a survey um, today, June 7th. And on this survey, you'll find a couple of different things for you to answer. The first part being some feedback on our previous podcasts and what you like, what you dislike, what you want to hear more of, who's your favorite superhero, all that fun stuff. But then also we're collecting data on friendships. And on these friendships, we would like to talk to people who are neurotypical and have friends with people with autism and then people with autism who have friends who are neurotypical. And we want to collect some data on this and then analyze it in a future podcast so that, well, we can learn from each other and how we communicate. All right. With that, boom, we're out. <laughs>